Welcome to Season 2 of Voices of Value, a conversation between Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton and their high-achieving guests from professional sport, Olympians, business leaders and ordinary people with value hacks to share through simple life lessons. If you're keen to reach your next level personally and professionally, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Rick and Peter. Voices of value, Rick Rushton here with my good friend, Peter Kakos. Pete, we've got a very special guest all the way up over from all of us down under. We can't wait to hear from our very special guest this morning, but uh, another week in isolation, although we're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that's not seemingly attached to the oncoming express train, right? We seem to be doing okay. <laughs> yeah, look, these restrictions are, are lifting ever so slightly. Uh, I think um, eight to ten weeks feels like eight to ten months for a lot of people, and uh, especially those who love hugging and yeah. you know, and touching and in an appropriate way. And um, and certainly the, the, the hugging is, um, is, is, I miss that greatly. But um, look, these are somewhat challenging times and and when um, with our with our guests that's a, a, you're about to hear from, I was, I was so excited when um, when we got the nod that we were able to um, to speak to her. I, was, I, I really was excited because it was in Inman about four or five years ago when I um, when I saw Lee, and um, wow, it's absolutely lit up the stage. But not only lit up the stage, is lit up everyone around her. The people that gravitated to Lee throughout that conference was just quite phenomenal. And uh, whilst it's someone who is just knows every little inside out of real estate, just an incredibly beautiful person and um, knowledgeable, inspiring, and um, and our commitment in Voices of Value, Rick, isn't it, is, is to bring voices of absolute real value. And um, we are not going to disappoint today. So welcome, Lee Brown. Yeah, and just for uh, look, you yeah. know, in terms Can of... Can I carry you all around in my pocket while you put this introduction? Because that was like the nicest stuff that's ever been said. So I'm just going <laughs> to record all this and keep it for myself. Thank you. Any day you feel down, which I think is one day, a bit like when Halley Comet returns every 70 odd years, when you're not feeling great, you just play that back to yourself. But for our listeners and viewing audience who are just being introduced to Lee for the very first time, as Pete said, a rock star agent in her own right, time tested, her, her track record for production would be more than enough value to bring to this particular podcast. But more specifically to that, Pete, she's also a much in demand coach and, and trainer in the you know sales leadership culture space. And more specifically to that, I think, which is really important. She is just somebody who has the ability to energise others by keeping her energy up. And I think if there's one thing we all need right here, right now, it's that. But she doesn't do it at the expense of her husband or her family. She's an incredibly dedicated family person. She actually ran for Congress trying to make a difference. And I think that's the thing I love about Lee is that she could just sit back, relax, park the money and just keep on doing it one at a time with each sale that she does. But she's got a, a strong commitment, which, which she started in the real estate space, but she represented North Carolina herself state at NAR at a state level has set on you know so many NAR sort of boards and steered the direction of the industry to make it better for every stakeholder. Lee, you are somebody who gives back to her community incredibly well. I mean you're hosting Sunday sing alongs for goodness sake. You know, just send out your request. Here's a lady who accompanies herself on the piano, Pete, does it incredibly well. Um, <laughs> you know, might, might might have just one of the better voices floating around out there. I mean, is there anything you do not do? I do not do heights. And so when I climbed that stupid bridge in Auckland, I thought I was going to die, but we survived. But I don't, I don't even ride the Ferris wheel. I hold the bags and the drinks while everybody else rides it. So there you go. 
So, Lee, uh, you were introduced to Australian audiences by our mutual friend, all three of us love her dearly, and Leanne Howard, and uh, you came down under with your, your family. You turned into a bit of a holiday, but you also, as Pete said, lit up the stages across Australia and New Zealand um, some five years ago now, which is just absolutely scary. And I had the great fortune of seeing you uh, because we travelled. And I think, Pete, what we see with speakers and trainers, you see the person on the stage and then you see them in the hotel checking out and you see, oh, that doesn't quite fit with the person I just heard an hour or two before on stage. But Lee is just energy from the minute she wakes up. She's mm-hmm. just like full on trying to energise others. Very. We had some great chats about um, the political space. We may touch on that. I don't know. This could be where this uh, this uh, we totally goes. should. I mean, Rick, let's just say what nobody else will say out loud. Go That's our it. trademark, you know. Hey, but that rugby player was on that same speaking event with us. That Glenn dude, the real tall, handsome guy. That y'all knew who he was, and I didn't have the foggiest idea. <laughs> he was very nice. He was. So, Leanne, yes. Leanne is amazing. She put together such a great event. That was. Just well done, Leanne. She's good people. I was excited to see her comment on your Facebook post. Well, that is great. So give us, give our listeners a couple of understandings. Number one, what's your marketplace? What do you do? What's what's sort of happening for you in these challenging times right here, right now? And then we'll get into the into the real nitty gritty of the interview. But uh, just for those who don't know, a where North Carolina is, don't really understand your marketplace. Give us a, a bit of a snapshot. Well, North Carolina is south of New York City and north of Miami over on the East Coast. And we are Southern. Of course, you know, we tried to start our own country and we did. It just didn't (laughs) stick. So we definitely feel the people in Australia that have that urge to go do something that's their own way. But I've been a realtor for 20 years. I am a broker owner of an independent firm called One Community Real Estate that I started at the end of January this year because what better time to start a company when a pandemic occurs? You know why not? But I had been a REMAX broker owner for the first 20 years. I sold my shares to my partner so that I could become unaffiliated for a lot of reasons, mainly because I do so much training and instructing. I needed to be unaffiliated just to make life easier for people. Although when you have people like Leanne, she doesn't care what brand you are. She cares what value you bring. And that's just a unique gift in real estate. But I do still sell. I do still list properties. I am a ridiculously engaged volunteer because I am addicted to it. It will change your business forever. And I do really, really enjoy politics and staying involved because one thing you learn is that when you start seeing the inner workings of things and you do the research, you can't unlearn that. So I'm a definitely a, a lot of different irons in the fire. And I see that Rick's got his two books behind him. Y'all, if you haven't read Power of Connection, it's actually really good. I never read the red one, Connect, and hang on, my glasses back on. I was being vain. I hate wearing <laughs> these glasses. Connect, relate, motivate. It's a CRM. Well, it's realtors do always ask what the best CRM is, don't they? It's like their number one question, looking for the white elephant. Thank you. So, yeah, and so, the, uh, so, yeah. so your two books, let's give them a bit of a plug and uh, maybe you give them a plug. I was going to do it later, but you give them a plug because it makes sense that the author should do it. I was just going to say we match. I've got two and you've got two and that makes four realtors. You can do math. It's not percentages. <laughs> <laughs> but the a third one is coming out here very soon. I finally got through some challenges with publishing and editing and I pulled it back away from a publisher and I'm self-publishing again because that's just a hot mess to navigate that world and I ain't got the time to fool with it so off we go and I do I, I really love our people Rick I mean you and Peter have already mentioned it the challenge that realtors have had right now is they've lost their interconnective people time the 
the networking groups and the breakfast and the coffees and just the general hugging nature of our business, every other small business is shut down too, but y'all are shut down from business and from being able to connect. And so it's a tricky time. And that's when we have to dig deep. And luckily that's what I enjoy doing. I like lifting people up. And that's why I started those Sunday afternoon hymn sings, frankly, because if I can't go to church, I have to make church where I am and I may as well make it for somebody else, which is kind of what real estate's like. Oh, good for you, MP. It's no surprise that uh, Lee Chan changes her brand from a very well-known, iconic um, real estate brand to her own brand, Community Real Estate, because she's got that sense of giving and she is a real contributor. And as we know, giving starts the receiving process, but it seems to fit like a value set with her brand as to who she is as a person, wouldn't you agree? Well, I was asked why I didn't name it after myself, and I said that's 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 not the point. I mean, for me, one of the issues we have in real estate is we do let our ego drive everything. And yes, it's worked for Keller Williams and it works for lots of big major brands, but I just, it's it's not who I am. And so the last lady I talked to said, well, I'm trying to start a brokerage. What should I name it? And I said, well, what do you stand for? What do you believe in? And she was having trouble articulating. And I said, well, until you can articulate it, you might want to slow your roll just a second because you need to have some kind of an idea for the missions and values. Otherwise you're like everybody else. And the world doesn't need more of the same. The world needs people that are willing to stick their neck out and be a little bit different or create something different that other people can attach to. So Lee, let's, let's, let's dive right into to the times we're in right now. And, and as I said in the, uh, in the outset, it's, 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 it's quite challenging times, shall we say, without getting into sort of um, the specifics of, of what COVID-19 is, and I know we've got our, our views on that. So let's, uh, let's get straight into how you're dealing with it and how you're encouraging others to deal with it and what you're basically seeing. Could you give us a, a, how you're actually adding value um, in your area and what you're, what you're basically finding out about yourself in these times? I know y'all like how Peter very quietly and subtly said, please don't go down the rabbit hole politics because (laughs) he can tell I would, but I won't because I'm nice like that until somebody asks me to. But I will tell you that I'm referring to this time as the great unknown. I refuse to call this the new normal because I will not wear a mask in public. I think it's bullshit what we're being told we have to do, that we're going to have to get vaccines. Like it's just really weird. So I don't think this is normal. I think that, We received a lot of information that's caused a lot of fear. And when you have fear, it stops your focus and it stops your ability to move forward. So I'm just going to call it the great unknown because we don't know how and when we come out of this. But what I can tell you is that as a 20-year realtor, it's my third big market disruption. My first big disruption being 9-11. And I just remember that on September 10th, everything was normal. And on September 11th, it was shock to the system. The system got shocked and then people said, all right, well, we'll straighten it out and move on. And what came out of that was primarily TSA. It ruined our airports and our travel forever. And then we have some really bad legislation that was introduced to spy on citizens that's never gone away in the U.S. called the Patriot Act. And it's what happens when you're not paying attention because you're so busy with the stuff right in front of you, you stop looking at the 30,000 foot view. But that was more of that V-shaped moment because we slammed it down and then we straightened some stuff out and we came out. My second big disruption was the Great Recession. So between seven and 13, worldwide recession going on, that one was more of a long extended U-shape 
time. And that was a structural recession. So 9-11 was circumstantial. Something happened, attacked the markets, markets recovered. The Great Recession, bad mortgages. And if you don't understand tranching and how all the numbers got bad, watch that movie, The Big Short. And not just because it has Brad Pitt in it. He's actually kind of a minor role, but it's over-dramatized, but it's the best explanation for structurally why we went down and stayed down worldwide for so long because it was such a hammer to the large banks. And if you don't like banks, you need to understand they're necessary for liquidity. And that's a conversation we're really not having about this particular disruption in the market because it's over the heads of so many people. So if you're watching and listening to this, I'm just going to assume that you're one of the people who strives to be top in your market the average real estate professional doesn't go deeper with education. So they're not here with you. So you need to learn more so you can bring other people with you. So we came out of that one. And again, there's another side to it, right? So it was this shape. We still came out. And before we went into this particular time, this global pandemic, you had in the U.S. an inventory shortage. We were dealing with supply and demand issues already for about two years And so that was the number one problem. And suddenly it was, and we're all told to stay at home, shelter in place, don't leave your house. And the markets went mostly quiet. But the weird part is that it's very uneven because since our country is a federalist structure and we are a constitutional republic and not a democracy like Greece, then you've got different decision makers in different areas doing different things. So it's definitely not a level playing field for how real estate professionals are dealing with it. It's not the same thing for buyers and sellers in different parts of the U.S. But what we know is that it will end and there's another side to it. And so the biggest, I can't answer anything quickly, sorry. But the (laughs) thing you know about disruptions in the market is they start, they sputter, they end, and then something different comes out of it. And the reason I point out how uneven the situation is right now with the economic turmoil throughout the world, it is very uneven. And when you have uneven economic climates, you have challenges to currency. And when you have challenges to currency and to economics, you have challenges to liquidity. That's what's going to be our issue. I think over the next 18 to 24 months, it's going to be dealing with the necessity of inflation and dealing with how people manage over the long term. So what I know is that we come through these. And I also know that there's two kinds of people in this world. There's the kind that when something happens and it's this, whether it's a death, it's a pregnancy, it's job loss, it's job gain, it's money gain, money loss, it's a global pandemic. They get consumed by their fear. And they just stop and they say, screw it. I'm not going to shower. I'm not going to put on clothes. I'm going to lay on the couch in my yoga pants and eat junky food and stare at TikTok, which y'all, the Chinese on TikTok, get off that crap. Stare at Instagram. It's just owned by your social media overlords. And so stare at social media and they just lay there. And then eventually the other side happens and they have to wake up and come back out of that cocoon. And then they get all mad. Like, well, what happened to my business? Why aren't people calling me? Why isn't everything normal? Well, it's because you laid on your dead ass and did not try for three or four or six months. The other kind of person says, this is not what I asked for. It's not what I want. And maybe you're even the one who does the research and say the data doesn't match up. I don't like it. Take all of those pieces together, but you know how to go 
compartmentalize it and say, I'm going to figure out not what I can't do, but what I can do. And what I can do is be a positive promoter of my community, help where I can. I can be supportive of my neighbors. I can call my past clients. I can check in on my family. I can check in on people with no family. I can keep moving forward so that when the doors are fully reopened, it's that personality that says it's not what I expected, but I have not lost so much ground that I can't recover. And it's harder to be that person. That's the hard choice to make. And I think if this had lasted two weeks, it would be no big deal. But because it's lasted for so long, you now have not just the financial impacts on real estate professionals and other small businesses, there's a psychological and emotional impact. I think we're going to be looking at PTSD issues for people who were thrust into family situations that weren't prepared for being together for that long, that were not able to deal with the honesty about finances, or frankly, that feel sold out by the early information that was then proven to be inaccurate, but nobody could acknowledge it. And so all that's going to add up over the long term. But what I'll say is that the personality that figures out, I'm, I'm only going to look at what I can do. I'm looking over here. Nope, nope, not looking at your negative stuff. <laughs> they wind up Okay. And that's a that's a huge advantage in any marketplace. Mm. Well, I think, you know, Lee, we, we often talk about it here on this particular program that mindset is really about making sure what you filter and allow in as opposed to just being absolutely open to everything. And, you know, my mentor and someone you respected as well, the late great Jim Rohn, used to always talk about the personal philosophies like the set of the sail. We're all in the same storm, for goodness sake, but we're just in different boats and we're sending different sails. And the same winds of negativity of scarcity, of adversity, of challenge that are blowing people to that side are also blowing others to the harbour of opportunity, of solution, of energy, of using the same wind but just setting a better sail. And what I'm hearing there, Pete, is that Lee compartmentalises her thinking and only allows certain things to get in and protects her absolute decision between the stimulus of this thing called the unknown and her response, she's choosing to fill that gap with her own solution, not the solution from Fox News or we use Sky News down under Lee or in our print media or, you know, politicians. Effectively, you're you're just assuming all the information and then creating a go-forward plan from there. But I don't think it gets much better. Uh, not at all. I mean, quite... Quite often we, um, we we look at distractions and, and we welcome distractions, don't we, as, as, as agents in, in real estate. And uh, this has been one big distraction. And it's our responses that really affect, uh, I mean, they make the biggest difference is how we, how we actually respond. And, and Lee, I've been talking about preparing yourself for when we slingshot out of this, because I love how you said it's, it's the you and, and we will come out as, as day follows night, as, um, as spring follows winter. So we've got to work on ourselves and prepare ourselves and, and just getting ready for this. And, it's so, you know, it's wonderful to hear you talk about, you know, you can bury your head in the sand. You can put your tracky dacks on and sit on the couch and, <laughs> and just you know, absorb every Netflix series there possibly is. But you don't want to leave this opportunity with, with any regrets. And, you, and you're so right because it was only two weeks. It'd be like, okay, that was gone. Great. Now, now let's get back on to doing things. But this has forced us to really um, look at who we are as individuals. That's what I've really enjoyed, that, that pause, if you like, um, where the distraction is COVID-19, but if you park that, there really is no other distraction at the moment, right? And, and, and Rick, as I look at your book behind you with Power of Connection, there has never been a better um, chance to connect 
with people and not purely from a real estate point of view, from a human point of view. And I think that's been a wonderful um, opportunity for most and, and, and having humility and being able to, to learn from these experience and because everyone's, everyone's trying to navigate this in the best way because it's unprecedented. I have never, never seen before like this um, in our lifetime. So how we respond um, is going to basically affect, you know, how we come out at the other end. Mm, and I think the other I thing, Lee, is that, that out. Yeah, I, will, sorry, I will say that you talk about connection. I have never had more phone calls answered in my life than during yeah. these last few weeks. People are so glad to talk to somebody that doesn't live with them. They'll answer a real estate agent's phone call. And the only reason more realtors don't do it is they're afraid of rejection. But you have to replace the word rejection with connection and realize that if you don't make that first effort, how are they supposed to? you know, accept you. You're yeah, assuming you're yeah. rejected, assume the positive, but now is, I think people are going to look back honestly in another six months and say, damn, I wasted that chance. I should have called more people. I should have taken more education. I should have listened to more podcasts. Mm. I should have read more books instead of wallowing in self-pity and fear. And it happens to, to every, it's, it's human nature, but I don't want to look backwards Lee, it's, no. it's, it's interesting because uh, I, I read a lot about you and I hear people talk about you and and, and, and I know you're an, an incredible salesperson, but I've got to tell you that the reason you're such a great salesperson is you are, you are so far deeper than that and, and it's that you're getting deeper connections and looking at what you do for the community, what you do for humanity, um, what you do for those around you just speaks volumes and, and agents, Rick, don't they, in Australia, I think they're getting a lot better at that in terms of those, those connections because if you get that right, it's a bit like focus on the people and the profits will come. If you yeah. focus on being a good human and humility and, and, and really connecting with your community, you're going to be a good salesperson because people are going to trust you, people are going to want to deal with you and people are going to want to transact with you. Mm, so I just want to compliment you on that because it's yeah. um, because there's, there's a lot and, and – I'm looking at sort of the layers of things at the moment and, and the superficial layers of just being able to be a good transactor. Well, when volumes are down, it's, it's hard to be a, a good transactor because it's hard to get those transactions up. So it's about more meaningful um, um, transactions and connections and, and just get, getting those deeper layers in with what we do. And, and, I, think that, and I think that was always there, Pete. I think that, that ability for a real estate agent who was a great people person, a great connector, was always thriving in every market, but they were drowned out by the egocentric transaction volume agents who were just talking about how much GCI they produced and, and things of that nature. It almost got egocentric rather than, and, we, and if you look at all the media prior to this pandemic, if you want to call it that, you know, real estate agents were very big at promoting, self-promoting themselves around their results and what they've done and you know it's almost like Hollywood actors getting paid a massive amount of money and then walking across a red carpet to get some award and it was almost just egocentric inside out marketing no one was thinking outside in in terms of you know this process isn't about us it's about you and what you're trying to achieve let me really understand what you're trying to achieve here and I'll see if in even if I can help you, I don't even know if I can. So I think, Lee, what I loved about you when you came down under was you gave it that sort of Australians love three things typically. They love tell to me as it is, give me some strategies I can use and, and maybe give me a reference point where it's worked for you. And if it's possible for you, it's possible for me. So therefore, I'm going to follow you. And I think the impact you had here five years ago and why when I posted that on social media, so many people came to me and said, oh, we're, we're there, we love her, she was great. Why does she come back and all sorts of stuff? And they're like, well, she's running a business 
She's running a family. She's trying to run for Congress, for goodness sake. She was also running marathons. Like, yeah, uh, you know, is there nothing you don't do, for goodness sake? I mean, luckily Everest is in another <laughs> country and another continent because I figure you'd, you'd kick that sucker right in the head too if you really had to. But I think your connectability, Lee, is something that I guess what I'm going to ask is, was that just inherent in you? Was that a DNA gift or was that something that you feel that you've worked on as a, as a skill set, you know, in your, in your 20 years? Oh, I don't think anything is a, an inherent when I mean we're we're supposed to all be evolving and growing. When I first got into real estate in 2000, I was joining my dad. And those of y'all that know me, my dad was a realtor forever. He's retired now. He's a 40 year realtor, and he told me on day one and every day thereafter is what you guys just said. If you take care of people first, the money will find you. And so I was trained from day one, just take care of people. I never worry about the price point. I don't worry about where the property is located. It's how can I be of service to the person who called? Well, that turned into a lot of money. And so for the first nine years of my business, it was all about sell, 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 sell. How many more can I sell? How many more houses can I do? I was definitely focused on being number one because the ego, you can feed it so easily in real estate. And there's definitely a part of the public that's drawn to that. They want that success. They love the confidence that comes from being successful. But by the time 07, 08, 09 had hit, I had to change my priorities because you can't win in a long-term structural recession being an ego person. That's not going to win with people who don't need your fake confidence. They need you to say, here's the truth and it's ugly and I'll help you any way that I can, but I can't predict the future. And it was a time for me to, to really drill down to how I was going to serve people. And that's when I got the nickname, the no bullshit realtor, because I realized I had to take all the fluff out. I had to sit down with people and say, these are your options. Let me help you. And my business started to really grow when I changed that messaging from I'm number one to I can help. I don't know what the answer is, but I'll find a way and I can help. And that's evolved since then from just helping with real estate to being more focused on the holistic nature of the community that I serve. And it, it just, I will, I don't make as much money now as I did, but that's okay because I, there's only but so much money you can spend and, and money can't be eaten and it's not your friend doesn't talk back to you. If it does, you've got some real problems with your Bitcoin. To say. <laughs> you start looking at what actually matters and the people that work with me, we had a, a meeting, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago and each of us declared what our income goals were and we added it up and said, well, we are we made more than that. And everybody as a group said, yeah, but but this is what we want. And that's what we need. So why don't we focus on more time off, more vacations, more focused on health and wellness? I didn't become a runner until 2011 and then 2012. And it was hard to get started, which is very similar to what we're talking about here. You can't be thinking it's going to be fast. It's not a fast answer. It's not an overnight answer. It's an evolution. And I'm a runner today because I have been running now for almost a decade and I didn't want to be fat. And so to solve for that, I had to make different decisions and make some disciplined decisions. And I, I can think about the, when you're dialing into your community, you start noticing things differently. And I think that's one challenge of social media. We don't, 
We don't notice deeply. We are very surface driven. You'd rather have a thousand leads that you bought from a website instead of knowing that you're my neighbor across the street turned 80 on Saturday and we got invited to the birthday party. I'd much rather be at an 80 year old's birthday party than trying to win over 10 random cold people who came in because that's not, that's not life. And I, I, um, I can't emphasize that enough that we have to, each of us learn what enough looks like and then figure out where your impact lies. And for me, as my impact has moved more into speaking and I found my voice because I didn't know I was a public speaker until 2011. That was a change in my career that I didn't expect. But when you, when you find something that resonates, you've got to be willing to move towards it, even if it's scary and different because somebody else might be impacted. I mean, I, I love real estate because it gives us all these angles, but I'll just point out briefly as a former top producer, I'm worried about our transactional brokers right now because a lot of them peg their self-worth on money. They peg their self-worth on transactions and on their ranking in the marketplace. And they're going to have some challenges believing in themselves. So if you are a top producer who's watching this podcast, because obviously you're out there stretching to grow, just acknowledge that your goals need to be adjusted right now. And it's not a reflection on you when you don't sell everything in the marketplace but there's definitely a good opportunity to retrench right now. And the book I always recommend is Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. It's still Mm. my favorite business book of all time. And I think most real estate professionals don't slow down enough to decide why, why did you pick a hard business as commission and people yell at you and you work long hours and sometimes you get the deal and sometimes you don't, but you could be working a normal job. So why? And if they could articulate that, it would match the goals. And if the goals match the articulated value statement, then you get to spend more time with the 80 year old across the street and less time on the computer. (laughs) I love, I was actually about to go there with a find your why, because I know that you, um, I know that you love that. I know you speak very passionately about that. And I I was reading that the other day, um, the the second one, the find your why, and they were talking about um, your why is like a jigsaw piece. And if you know what, your jigsaw piece looks like, you know where it's going to fit. Um, is that, how do you look at your, your why and how do, how do you sort of find your why and, and how do you sort of advise others do the same? Because I love this why conversation. It's women's intuition, frankly. I mean, women know these things faster than men do. Right. Like You boys know. So like help us. Help, help us then. Help us. <laughs> well, so your why moves. And I think there's, there's got to be an honesty about the fact that I – I talk to a lot of agents. They send me all these private messages. And that's one of the things I really love about being visible in the business and being really obviously transparent. I don't have any secrets at all. They ask me these really blunt and open questions that they can't ask anywhere else because we are such a business built on ego and image. They can't really ask. And I talk to these top producers that are selling a hundred million in us real estate and they are tonning it. And the number one thing they say is, I'm bored, I'm lost, I'm lonely. I don't know what to do next. What is next? And when when you find yourself saying, I'm bored, what's next? You've got to realize your why is moving. And that's one of the reasons I love that book. I read it all the time because my why has changed. You know, you can read Who Moved My Cheese, but I think Simon Sinek is better at articulating how to work through it. But at first... My why was to be number one. I wanted to be number one to prove something to the world. I grew up on a farm. So for me to be a top producer in a field of people that 
are fancier than I came up would prove something to me. And then it moved into public speaking by accident. And then my why became something outside of myself. It was no longer prove it to me. It was, holy crap, people might need me. They might need the words that I say. And now my why is moving again because one of the things I've been doing for the last two years, it's my favorite project. I've been doing speaker boot camp training sessions to help get more people to give an effort to bring their skills and talents to stages to teach and instruct so I can replace myself so that I can go do something else, which I don't know if that's going to wind up being an elected official. I may never get elected. I've now run twice and lost twice. So who knows? But maybe it's advising elected officials. Maybe it's writing more books. Maybe it's being on different stages. I don't know. But I can tell because it's it's boring, right? Somebody says, I want to sell my house. I'm like, I know what it's worth. I know what to say. And I can go do it and I can turn it on. But it's not fulfilling like it has been. And I mean, I think you just know. And the key is acknowledging it when you know it. It's not knowing it. It's acknowledging it. And as we I know yeah, I was did. with a client today and he's changing jobs and he's taking a pay cut to move into an entirely different field because he feels that it's time and, and they're being called into this space. And there's a lot of nerve that goes along with this and a lot of fear, but his eyes are sparkling. I've known this man for a decade and I could see it when I talked to him that the, the juices are back. And even though the money is less and there's a lot of fear there's something else to strive for. And you talk about what the coronavirus could wind up doing to us. It's going to squelch a lot of that spark and a lot of that passion because the fear can beat it down. And so y'all, you have to read that book. You need to read it right now to help yourself get back into a good space where you can move it forward. I, you just know guys, you just know, it's like you started this podcast, right? Why did you start the podcast? Because you wanted to reach other people in the way they wanted to be reached, where they're consuming information. You're trying to fill people up with positive things that can impact not just their businesses, but their lives in a way that will impact more people. And you're not doing this for money, obviously. You're not doing this for fame because you primarily reach your starting audience and they reach some people and it grows None of us is going to be Joe Rogan with our podcast, right? And we don't really <laughs> yeah. want that. Those, those are four-hour-long episodes, and they're crazy. But you, you have, maybe, you have maybe to so. our our why has been yeah has for the uh, in terms of voices of value that's been with us, and that hasn't really wavered for some time. Rick, it was just about finding a way, wasn't it? And then and then um, or, or just basically taking that first step and that first step was walking into DJ city to buy some microphones. So, um, and, uh, and here we are, but it's interesting, just a quick tip in start, you know, if you're not a reader or anything like that, the, the number one tip that I can give people and of shouting from the rooftops at the moment is, is get it on audible, put it on one and a half speed. Um, it's a 10 and 10, 10 and a half hour book, five walks on it for an hour a week and you have done it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's it. just like, and, and, just, and, I've got the beanie, the headphones on. It's freezing here at the moment in the morning in Melbourne. And um, and I've got the, the big jacket on and I'm just going and it's, 
people must walk past me though and just think, well, what's wrong with that guy? Because I go, oh, ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you get that aha uh-huh moment. Do you, do you, <laughs> That's do, right. Do you find them speeding up a little bit thinking, I might get mugged here. This guy looks like he's going to roll me from my wallet. Like, it, that'd be scary. He's but the other excited. Yeah. He's, just, he's just going, <laughs> ding. But it is, it is. It's, it's um, you, you find something like that and, and the first thing you want to do is just share it with as many people as possible. So that's a, yeah, I, I, thanks for sharing that one. And the other thing with Simon Sinek's, you know, Power of Why, it's also a great TED talk if you're more into a visual learner and you want to sort of see it when he draws the golden circle and he talks about, you know, most organisations start off with, you know, trying to give their point of difference about how they do what they do and, and what they do, but very few start off with why they do what they do. And, you know, it's always the, the, the fact that reasons come first in the game of life and answers come second. If you find enough reasons, you'll find enough answers to help people become better thought leaders, to become better presenters. And, you know, we're, we're very passionate, aren't we, Pete, about giving space for people to shine and making sure that we, we uh, you know, get them to tune into, you know, the feedback that their own body is giving them. I mean, Shanna Kennedy, a, a past um, episode on, on this wonderful podcast, talks about the fact that she gets her coaching clients to identify who are they without their jobs, who are they without their title? Who are they without the ego of all that? Ultimately, who are you? And and that's a real deep question to ask a lot of people and, and might be too deep for mm. the majority, but I don't think most of our subscribers would fear that because I think that's what they're on. They're on that pathway for personal development and trying to find a better version of themselves. And, you know, I think what you do, Lee, which is really good and as a way of maybe bringing this thing to a head, if you had some advice to give to leaders who have got to lead their teams out of this challenge at the moment, if you had to give some advice to producers who are in the, you know, seemingly still yet to be able to, to shine, they're restricted to playing on one section of the field when they're used to playing in the whole field. What would be some advice you'd give to leaders to lead their people better, to producers to produce better, for people just to be better in this situation? Because I, I agree with you, when I when I coach the, the, the agents I do across Australia, the number one thing they're telling me is, is that their prospecting time or lead generation time has kind of still stayed the same, but they're having far deeper conversations with fewer people that seemingly instead of having, you know, 20 connects over an hour period with three-minute phone conversations, it's more like three connects for 20 minutes. Um, you know, what, what would be some of the things that you're finding uh, and or that you would be really focusing on? I mean, clearly, gang, listening, watching. If you're watching, you're seeing the energy of this lady. If you're listening, you're hearing the energy in her voice. She's somebody who is passionate about what she does, and it, that has to influence people to a, a strong degree. I guess what I'm trying to do is give some people some structure around that lead. What would you be What would you be giving as some you know, golden rules, if you want to call them that, using the Simon Sinek sort of li- uh, dialogue? So as a leader, you need to be in front of your people, even if they're at home. So Zoom is one of the best things ever. I've been using it for a few years because it's what allows me to work with buyers and sellers while I travel across time zones. I can still consult by Zoom, but you got to call and check in on your agents because they're, they're, again, there's just two kinds of agents. You have some that are persevering and you have some that are, they're just melting into the couch and they need to hear from you and see you and know that you notice them. It's not about the call logs and the activities and what are you doing? It's not that time. It's, are you all right? Do I need to send supper over? Do you need toilet paper? Do I need to bring you a bottle of liquor? (laughs) It's learning how to spot where people are. And that's one of the gifts of real estate professionals. Your best ones can read into a situation, which is again, why it's tricky not to be in person because I'm a big body language reader and we don't get that gift right now. And you, but you can hear it in somebody's voice. You can see it in whether or not they've put on their makeup and put a decent shirt on if they're in it or not. So 
daily or weekly Zoom calls with your people. And then the rule in my office is it's one phone call a day. So if you make one phone call a day, you're on my list and we make our one phone call at 8 a.m. It has to be somebody in your phone. This is not a lead. This is not a somebody from an open house. It's somebody in your phone who probably has you saved in theirs. Because one thing that realtors tend to forget is that your best communications are two-way streets. And so they're glad to hear from you, just like you're glad to call them. It's not a chore. I think lead generation becomes a chore because you're calling random strangers who don't want you to call them. Mm-hmm. If we would get back to calling our best people, and there's research for this. If you look up Dunbar's number, he was a British psychologist in the 1990s evaluating how many relationships could the average human handle. And most realtors think they can handle 10,000 relationships. So that's a lie because you only know a little bit. It's not that 20 minute conversation, but his number is between hundred and 200. So for most people that just lands at 150. So my question for any agent is when you look at the names in your phone, who are your 150? If you can only keep 150, who do you keep? And you keep mom, you keep your next door neighbor, you keep your spouse, I mean, maybe you keep your kids, you keep some really special people. And if you want to know who they are, the easiest test right now is who do I want to go drink a beer with right now? If I could go drink a beer right this minute, oh, 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 I would call her. I would never call him. Okay, that's not your 150, but she is. So you start narrowing that down. And you call one every day. Now, why does this build your business? It's called reticular activation. The minute you call somebody, you are a realtor. And you went, real estate went here in their head. And now they get on a company Zoom call and somebody says, oh, shit, I'm being relocated. I've got to go to Cairn, which is my favorite city in Australia, by the way. And not just because Tony Williamson is there, but I love that city. And if they're complaining about moving there, well, you just called your friend John and John's like, oh, you're moving. Oh, you got to totally call Tony. That's my guy. And you don't want to be, I've got a realtor for you. No, I want to be my guy, my girl. You have that really cool little moniker that they Think of you first, and it's the phone call that brings you top of mind, knowing that the average adult retains a marketing message for 16 days. So if you're in the mindset that you call your people once a year, that's why you're losing them to other people who have tighter connections, and that's okay. If they're not in your 150, let somebody else have them because you can have a really successful career with 150 champions in your marketplace. But that's it. One call a day. And I'll tell you, the fun part is – they usually answer your call and they're usually delightful because they're your people, which means you're like, you know what? I'm going to make a second one. And that's half the battle is that get over the hurdle that they're going to reject you. And you know, you and I both know real estate for years. Training has talked about the hour of power. You got to prospect for an hour. Realtors don't do it because it's too much. They're overwhelmed. And it's, that's, it's really big to bite off. But if you tell them to make one phone call, they're going to keep making them and suddenly the hour passes. It's that whole adage, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So it just builds momentum and it gets them sort of yeah. into a reward for effort. So they go, I like that. So I want to do that again. And, you know, I have that. And you got to build this, right? Yeah, a bit of heart share. So we all know that market share is built from heart share and we get that. And that's important. And one of the things I'm finding, Lee, is that long after the phone call's been hung up from, or long after the SMS or text message was deleted, or long after the email got out of the junk file and put into the block file, or long after any of the social media feeds have been passed by onto the next one, the one thing that 
that seems to last with a lot of people. It's just a simple, old-fashioned, handwritten thank you note that just says, hey, I'm just checking in with you. I, you know, I haven't heard from you for a while, and I just want to let you know that whilst everyone's stuck at home, we're still helping local families get to where they need to get to. So if there's something we can get to you, and whether that be a loaf of bread or whether that be a, you know, a, a new home, we're still happy to help you through these challenging times. I'm just a phone call away. Long after all those other high-tech things have been deleted, the high-touch thank you card sits on a fridge maybe or sits you know, on a, on a study desktop or something. And, and uh, so I, I'm sort of saying to people, if you're going to go anywhere in this particular time, yeah, make the calls, but at the end of the call, maybe send them a thank you note and say, you know, it was really great just to reconnect with you. It's, it's been too long. And I, and I really appreciated that, you know, you think I was helping you get through it. Our conversation helped me get through it. So together we're getting through it. And I think that's that com- community thing, Pete, that uh, Lee builds from. And it's no shock to me that, you know, leaving an iconic brand like Remax, starting your own brand with the absolute catchphrase of community because it really just sums up this amazing woman. Mm. We can speak to her all day, I think, and only, we've really only scratched the surface right here right now, haven't we? There's always something to say about real estate. I mean, realtors love nothing more than talking about this business, but you have to remember that when we have our echo chambers where we talk about real estate nonstop, uh, your community is not that into real estate. So the biggest thing I would tell you is that as you're having these phone calls and thinking about the personal notes you can send out, look at your feed, look at Instagram and Facebook and whatever your social network is and look what people are talking about. They're Mm. talking about what are we doing with these kids? What are we doing with our spouses? What are we eating for supper? What are we drinking tonight? What are we doing for exercise? People are talking about home life and relationship things. And so if you start jumping in there with real estate, you are completely creating cognitive dissonance and that's not cool. So if they're talking about what they're doing, then figure out how you can be in that same conversational thread. And that's, that's reading your community and, and it brings you business friends. I will tell you, I was mentioning in our pre-roll conversation, uh, Rick was talking about the Sunday afternoon hymn sings that I've been doing. I, I miss going to church and I've got my old gospel stuff and I love playing the piano and I'll just bust out and play and sing. And so we started doing this at three o'clock several weeks ago with my kids and my parents and telling people to shout out what your favorite is. Kind of like we used to do in the old church in the South in the long time ago, just you'd have a hymn sing. Well, what happened is people were logging in because they need something. They, They don't get it anywhere else give them what they want. And it's not anything fancy. It's not polished. It is, I make all the mistakes in the world (laughs) and I acknowledge it and I'm cool with that. But they, they really like that connectivity. Well, people start sharing it because it means something to them. And you have to ask yourself in your real estate marketing, what are you putting out there that means something to somebody? I mean, not very much. And so they're Mm. sharing it. And a lady that I sold a house for about 12 years ago pipes up she saw the him saying, we're not connected on social, by the way, because that was before we got into this stuff. And a friend of hers had shared it from a friend and all of these little six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And she messages me and she's like, I don't know if you remember me, but you sold our house. Here's my picture, me and the husband and the granddaughter. And of course, I remember her. I remember all the details because like any other realtor, I could not tell you what I had for supper last night, but I can tell you every house I've ever sold and every client I've ever had. And it turned into this really amazing, where have you been conversation? And she's like, I'm so proud of you. And we see all you're doing and blah, 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 blah. And it was all because I was 
vulnerable enough to put myself out there and say, I need this, which means other people might need this, which means other people are then reaching out beyond that. And there goes the cuckoo clock. <laughs> Got that working during the... <laughs> And, and uh, just for those with, with authenticity, it's uh, late afternoon Monday when this is being recorded in Lee's hometown and it's kind of early morning uh, for us here in Australia in terms of uh, Tuesday morning for us. But uh, <laughs> it's fair to say that uh, we could have this conversation after midnight in both time zones and uh, the <laughs> content would still be absolutely world class. It's kind of interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up with one last question for me and then I'll hand over to Pete and uh, we'll do a wrap because we are conscious of your time investment here today um you and i had an interesting chat you may not remember it but i was wearing a set of cufflinks and you asked me you know uh if you remember who was on the back of that which is your favorite president my favorite president will we will we see in your lifetime a first lady become president of the united states of america in your time Hell yeah, it'll be in 2024 and it'll be Nikki Haley and she's amazing. Write it down. That woman is brilliant and she's a star and I love her and she she takes no prisoners, but she does it kindly. I think that's one of her most amazing gifts and so I absolutely think we see Nikki Haley in 24 and then we see her again in 28. Well, I think what we're finding here in these challenging times is there's a uh, there's an absolute strong need for leadership at the moment, Peter, across all platforms, whether that be the real estate industry, whether that be politics, whether that be in our schools, in our churches. The world is crying out for leadership at the moment. And one of the leaders I think that we've been really fortunate to tap into on what is now, what's this, 63rd episode, I think, over the last year and a half, Pete. Um, it's hard to find a better leader than the beautiful Lee Brown. And she's just given absolute goal today in terms of, you know, I'm checking into that Dunbar sort of thing. That's uh, that's that, that gives me some certainty around that particular study, mm-hmm. right? But in terms of that, I think we could have just listened to her talk the phone book and with that Southern drawl, it would have, she had me at hello, <laughs> as she did five years ago, to if the truth be known, but we're hearing about compartmentalizing your thinking, making sure that you're in control of what you decide, gather all the information and you can't have too much information and then decide what you want to do with that information. And at the end of the day, if all else fails, just pick up the phone and dial someone and just check in, not check up, check in. You know, how are you doing? Are you okay? Is there everything okay? Not checking up. What are you doing? How many calls have you made? What's your production looking like? More importantly, can we get you something for dinner? Can we get you something just, uh, do you need anything? Do you need toilet paper? Like that was the number one commodity on the planet over the last sort of four to six weeks across uh, across the globe, right? But Pete, any observations from your end before we let this lovely lady I'll, go? I was just, just going to say for, for us, Lee, you know, we're, we're quickly coming out. Well, when I say quickly coming out of it ever so slowly, <laughs> maybe drip feeding out of it. We... I, I, I get this fear that we're going to miss an opportunity that was that is right now, and I think what what you've shared today is um, is wonderful. And I know that the restrictions are still in some states there are still very 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 much in place uh, in a big big way. Um, and I just want to tag back to the um, the presidents because interesting, you know, part of this time I said to Rick, let's get masterclass. Um, not sure if you've seen masterclass with all those series of, you know, different things. All of a sudden I'm going to become a film director. Um, I'm going to become this great Mexican chef, but uh, it's interesting. Both of us really like Diana Kearns and, and, and her study of, of us presidents. Doris, and, Doris, 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 and, um, yeah. And it's interesting. I just wrote down one of the quotes um, from Abraham Lincoln. I don't like the man. I must get to know him better. <laughs> and I think that's a, I think that's great for, for these times because as, as, as real estate agents or as realtors um, that this is a time when 
you haven't been able to do as much real estate. So you need to be better in other areas and your connections. It's like how deep are your connections with just, instead of just picking up and talking about real estate, we've actually now been put in a position where we need to pick up the phone and talk about other things and how, how genuine does that feel to you, which basically is a, is a good way to then look at yourself and get to know yourself better as to how you actually are communicating with your clients. Is it purely superficially on a real estate, um, I just want to help you sell your house sort of thing, or is it just genuinely a need to serve? And that general need to serve is, um, is what I hear loud and clear uh, with you, Lee, and, and you do it so well, you do it so eloquently, and um, it's, it's been very inspiring to, to hear you speak, especially we, we need more people like you. We need to listen um, and get more ideas, uh, more confidence, uh, more clarity from, um, from, you know, across the other side of the world. And, and, and whilst, you know, you're in a totally different part of the world, we're, we're all sharing the same experiences more than ever right now in the landscape that we're, we're all trying to navigate through. So, Thank you so much for your time. It's, um, I'm sure we've brought incredible amounts of value to our listeners. Um, any last words from you, Lee? Well, I'll just piggyback on one thing you said there about leading and leading with service. Everybody leads in their own way. The question is, what are you leading with? And you have to figure out what that passion is. And so you go back to that start with why idea. And it's not just about your professional life. It's about your personal life. And what do you enjoy? So I enjoy cooking. I do not enjoy sewing. You haven't seen me make videos of making masks because A, I'm against masks. And B, I don't want to. I don't like it. I can. I don't want to. But I love to cook. And so when there's something that you enjoy, bring other people into that space in a way that embraces them and embraces your own fallibility. And when you're thinking about making the most of this time, you can go the masterclass route and get really good at what you already like. You can also take the route of finding out who else shares your passion. And when you start paying attention to details, you start to spot it. I will say that as a runner, I didn't pay attention to the runner community until I became a part of it. And now I know when people are running and I can elevate and support other people and cheer for them and they cheer for me in return. And then that took me into the food community more where I start reading labels and I've taught my kids how to read labels to look for things that should not be in our food. And that's another one of these moments with coronavirus that you can say I've moved into a space that I want to learn about. I'm going to bring somebody with me. And that's going to allow me to come out of the great unknown with more than a professional life. So my kids are going to come out of this with more understanding, not just of civics and of economic systems. They're coming out with knowledge of the garden that we've put in. We've talked food security. We've talked about putting good food on the shelves and food in our bodies and eating out less so that we can make more specific choices. And so it all goes back to those first things we were talking about. And you mentioned your wife is in nutrition, Peter. She knows very well you can eat a good, solid, healthy meal one time, and it is not going to change everything for you unless it becomes a discipline and a habit. And your real estate business is no different. And so if you start building humanity into your business as a habit, it won't change when this world is over and you'll have a healthier business and pay attention to what you're eating people. There is some really nasty stuff going into your bodies right now. You could fix that. I'm just saying, <laughs> and, cause all your choices add up over time and, and yeah. the choices that are adding up are either positive choices or negative choices. And that's, that's on you. 
And don't forget that there's also the mental diet, what we allow to get inside our heads. And, you know, part of that's that sort of filter process that we talked about right at the start when Pete mentions Doris Kearns Goulin's book, Team of Rivals, one of the best sort of uh, oh, it's so good. books. Oh, It's a great book. And she actually was at uh, NAR. I can't remember the year I'd be guessing and I'd probably get it wrong, but I had that book beforehand and she signed it for me. It's one of my favourite sort of possessions because she's had the great fortune of being given all the journals and all the diaries of some great presidents over the journey, not just not just uh, Abraham Lincoln, arguably one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest American president of all time. But I, I love the fact that, um, you know, Pete, in terms of that sort of situation there, it's a good way to probably segue out of this now. It's not lost on anybody that anyone who studied American history, studied Abraham Lincoln, realises that he too lost his first two elections that he ran for. But on he the third seven. one... Yeah, I know, but the first two, the first two that didn't go that well before he actually got into a position where people kind of went, you know what, he got through that sort of particular uh, Republican sort of convention because he didn't offend anyone. He wasn't someone who was seen as an out there outlandish sort of self-driven individual. He was actually conciliatory and he wanted to help everybody. <laughs> and so when Seward, when Chase, when, uh, when, when Sam and Chase, when all these people thought they were the ones, the people said, you know what, we're going to give it to the one who's most authentic, the best leader in our organisation. And when he went to power and he brought all of his rivals into his cabinet and his advisors were saying, what the heck are you doing? Every single one of them wants your job. Every single one of them are waiting for you to fall over. In fact, many of them are sharpening the blade to stab you in the back. His answer was, but these are the best people in what they do. How dare I keep them from the American people in these times of challenge? My job is to make sure that they are serving the people well and if they serve the people well with servant leadership then I've done my job and I'm quite fine with that. I think Lee what I hear from you is you're a servant leader who wants the best for everybody at the same time what you're trying to do is get that discipline in play where the bridge between what you are now and where you want to get to is going to be bridged by discipline and you're doing that you're showing up you know you light up a room the minute you come in you light up a stage without the extra lighting and as we know Pete some people light up a room the minute they leave it right so this is a lady who I know our listening audience and viewing audience want to connect with even further leave someone wanted to reach out to you and just to say thank you which are the two most underrated words in our industry and in, in our language how would they best do that oh golly i'm everywhere i manage all of my social accounts so if you want happy on instagram i'm lee thomas brown i'm pretty happy on facebook although it's not my favorite platform anymore because i get shadow banned all the time for having opinions I'm very political on Twitter, so if you don't like that dumpster fire, do not come find me over there. But if you want to spar, I'm all over it. <laughs> and my website is LeeBrown.com. But I do I manage all my own social channels because I do believe social media was intended to be hmm, social. So it might take me a minute to reply to you, but I'm there and I enjoy the heck out of it. So reach out if I can help you or if you need anything. And we'll let you know when I come back to Australia again. It's, I think I'm three years now since I was there last in Queensland. So... I'm due to come back and visit. Well, you got to come where all the wonderful people come from, which is Victoria, but that's a story for another time. Lee Thomas Brown, you have been an absolute inspiration, not just in this podcast, but across an industry for more than two decades now. And if somebody who is revered, I don't know anyone who's ever heard you speak who doesn't say, my gosh, I don't know what she's on, but she needs to try decaf. Like they all think you've got energy <laughs> to absolutely burn. Um, but one thing that is beyond dispute and beyond any challenge at the moment, you're a giver of the highest order and giving starts to receiving up process you've received so much in your life because you've given so much your parents are proud i know because uh, they sit along here every sunday and i get to watch that uh your children um sort of uh, participate in that 
I suspect your husband can't hold a tune because I don't really hear him singing too much, but that's a story for another time. He won't come near the camera. I know. (laughs) (laughs) He's happy to live in the shadows. But, yeah, in all seriousness, we thank you for the gift of your time. It is a real gift. It's sort of packaged up beautifully in you. And, you know, for our listening audience and our our subscribers and those that uh, have been having sort of little gatherings this morning, this is a dynamic individual, someone who can impact your life for the positive. So do do let her know if it has made a difference for her because... Uh, for you, sorry, because she doesn't do this for anything other than the uh, value of contributing. And, you know, as someone who has community as one of her values, it's something that we're really respectful. Lee, on behalf of all of our listeners and our subscribers, thank you so much for the gift of your time uh, today. And uh, we look forward to, Peter, I think it's fairly safe to say we'll have to have her back. We can't just let this be a one-off uh, interview, surely. There's got to be more there that she can sort of kind of well, talk then, about. When you bring me back, let's talk conspiracy theories and wild things. That'll be <laughs> a lot of fun. They'll really tune in. And by the way, friends, if you did enjoy this episode, why don't you hook the boys up with a five-star review and a subscription on the podcast networks, because that's what helps other people find good content. So if you've enjoyed it, give them a shout. And if you have guests or you should be a guest, you should let them know who you'd like to hear from, because as a podcast host myself, I really love when I get productive feedback, even when I get really nice five-star reviews with kind words in them. And if it's one star, then just keep that to yourself, because that's just (laughs) (laughs) Lee Thomas Brown stay well stay healthy stay amazing stay productive thank you so much thanks guys thanks Lee we trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value a shared conversation between Rick Rushton Peter Kakos and their valued guests their views are not necessarily those of the wider world but they should be Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. And we love to hear both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Additional information can be sourced through our website, voicesofvaluepodcast.com. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way.